You're listening to the Second Emulation Podcast, the show that brings you pop culture, with your host, Sean. Jennifer Walters. She's single. She's 30. She's also an attorney, but when she gets angry, she turns into a six foot seven just Hulk. That's the summary of Marvel's new installment miniseries, She Hulk, which aired on August 18th on Disney Plus. Now, I'm going to talk about certain things that I liked about the show, didn't like, and give you the show as a whole. Segway. Here are some things I thought were pretty strong about the series as a whole when watching it was how it handled the origin of Jennifer Walters becoming the Hulk. Because predating this live action interpretation in the comics, Jennifer Walters does receive a blood transfusion from Bruce Banner in a hospital. How they took the liberty of altering it for the live-action adaption was a little bit different, as it did involve Bruce Banner having a device that helped circulate his blood and keep him human, which was very different, which was something that they hadn't done. And the last time we saw the Hulk was in England. He had his arm that was injured. They go into great depth to explain how his arm is healed, which was a big point of contention in the movie because he literally had his hand in a very advanced sling. Fast forward to the part that they're on a road trip. They get into a car accident and how... They are creatively imply or you witness that she gets injured. The device that Bruce Banner has breaks and his blood leaks. And she has an open wound and blood seeps into her into her wound, similar to the Hulk movie villain, Mr. Blue or Dr. Blue, where blood sleeps in and he goes into transformation. Now, how quickly from blood getting into the wound and automatically hulking out within milliseconds. So it happens very quick. She runs off into the woods. And then we don't see her again until the next scene, which the whole, after that point, goes into very depths of just explaining how Jennifer Walters is essentially a better version than uh, because she's able to handle the transformations, handle her anger. It's a whole origin story. But it was interesting to see that they didn't want to go with the original story concept, which I thought was pretty nice. And it helped build this narrative around how not only, you know, the struggles of both characters are very different, but they handle their forms of stress also very different, which was a good kind of spotlight of just what women go through on the day-to-day base. Another thing that I thought was very interesting and I liked was that Jennifer Walters breaks the fourth wall. Similar to how Deadpool does it in the movies and the comics, she is also a character who is 
as you would say, self-aware. That kind of brings the audience in behind the curtains. So that was also interesting to see because we can o- we only had any point of reference of Daredevil, not excuse me, Deadpool doing this in the movie and having a series where it's not just one linear story did help mix it up because we could essentially hear her internal monologue of what she was thinking. So I thought that was very nice to see and actually display that not only is she having conversations with characters in the show, but she's also having a conversation with you, the audience. So I thought that was very nice that they were able to play on that throughout the series. Another thing that the internet was raving about and I thought was pretty good for them to do because the show itself, not only is it a it's bread and butter superhero show, but Jennifer Walters is a lawyer. So at some point, you know, her interactions are going to have to integrate with other villains in the courtroom or other heroes. And it was nice to see that we did a, we got a reveal of Matt Murdock in the courtroom, similar to Spider-Man No Way Home. This reveal also just cement his place in the Marvel Universe, but also connects him, not just to Spider-Man, but also to She-Hulk and then any other characters that they might be connected to. And they, we got to see also a type of romantic feelings expressed. It was started off as adm- admiration, but blossomed into romantic feelings. Because here was someone who wasn't really menacing or in any way, but he was, you know, smooth and knew how to present himself even though being blind was as you would say a it's hard to say it for some it would be deem a weakness and for we seem you know the daredevil show it he played into it very well and for some reason it just hit a chord with jennifer walters or her persona she hulk now there are since there are good things that I liked about the show, there's also some things that I thought really weren't strong, but more considered as weaknesses. And of those weaknesses is the show did suffer from storyline. Because it is a, the title is called She-Hulk, a lot of it did have to, you know, be propped up by the Hulk universe of characters or storyline itself. And you could see this kind of display in between throughout the series. And this was one of those things that I just felt it kind of the show as a whole, because there'd be no way for the character to progress without really leaning on the storyline of Bruce Banner and the Hulk, and the things that he's going through, and the struggles, because his struggles are now her struggles. And with that, to just help move the story along, is that they had to introduce characters to, like, 
kind of announced, hey, this is the connection that she's, this is the connection that she has that makes her relevant to the Marvel world. So we have the Abomination, Bruce Banner slash Hulk, Wong, Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. And you get a sense that if these characters weren't there, would the show be able to progress story-wise? And sadly, no. Her, It's one of those things that it's hard for a character like that who is identical to, to the first to progress unless they have original content or their own storyline. And... I'm looking forward to what they might do for a season two. I feel like that in itself was just lacking. And also, the second point would be you know, role gallery of villains. Like over the course of the series, there weren't really any concrete villains. It was just a charcuterie of just bargain bin villains. Anyone from a tech bro to a scammer, someone who was maybe a street level. There wasn't really anyone concrete that could be established as like a real threat to Jennifer Walters. And I feel like that kind of set the show back. I feel it was a weakness is that there wasn't really anyone within the series that could really go toe-to-toe other than Abomination. Being a Hulk, you're pretty much overpowered. So not having a, a villain or just someone who could actually threaten her livelihood was disappointing. The show was entertaining. It's just you wanted more from the show and villains. And what we got were just lots of cartoony characters that provided no substance at all now as a whole the show did very well this is another female character that gets its own series we have scarlet witch miss marvel now she hulk i do that marvel is taking the time to bring characters that would normally be outshined by their male counterparts or just male heroes. They're always in the spotlight. And so it's nice to see that female characters are getting the spotlight as well. Because if anything, I don't think a show like She-Hulk would have never got produced if it wasn't for a Miss Marvel or a WandaVision type show or having some kind of strong type of character on the big screen. So I do like that we're seeing this push of just female characters that you normally wouldn't see. And the fact that I do understand that she is a carbon copy, but what sets her apart from her cousin, Bruce Banner, is the different types of struggles. Like, the Hulk's struggles are really his life is always his life is always going to be in danger. There's always going to be people wanting him to dissect him. He always has to be on the run and live as a fugitive. Whereas Jennifer Walters never had to experience any of that. She is already in her prime of her life and now having to now juggle being a Hulk. 
But with that also comes the daily struggles of just being a woman in society. All the internal stress and factors she has to deal with on a day-to-day base. And so when you put those side by side, it does make, yeah, she has all these benefits as a whole, but it still doesn't wipe away the internal struggle she feels as being a woman. And so I just like that we got to see that sprinkled in there throughout the series that, yeah, she is this superpowered human, but she's also dealing with normal stuff like the rest of us. Now, for those... If it hasn't already been mentioned, but Jennifer Walters is a lawyer. So we do get to see more in the courtroom type scenes of her actually representing clients, similar to Daredevil, which they didn't really push too much in the Daredevil series. But with She-Hulk, we did get to see her defend and fight for clients. So I do hope that in the season two, we get a more kind of an expansion with that of her defending clients, superheroes, you know, maybe another villain or just average people who just need someone to help them out. So I do like that we do get to see some courtroom scenes. Maybe again, we'll get Matt Murdock in a courtroom scene where they'll have to go against each other. So I do like that was sprinkled in it. It was refreshing to see that. One thing I, which I talked about was breaking the fourth wall. And this, I felt like really helped move, was move the show, but it also made the show aware, self-aware of like its strengths and weaknesses. Because there was a final episode where essentially the show was like, you know what, we know what you're talking about, all these storylines are pretty much just shit. Let's talk to them, the head honcho. And it literally breaks the fourth wall. They go, uh, Jennifer Walters runs and goes to try to speak to Kevin or Kevin Feige. And it's a whole parody of just her wanting to speak to the writers about how crappy the the storylines have been and why the finale has to be this way. And they need to change it. And so that in itself, I think, was really smart. It it lets us know that the show itself is self-aware and it knows of what's going on, knows that the recipe of what it's done in the past is different, and there's a plan moving forward. And so I thought that was very interesting, which kind of threw everyone off guard because it wasn't something that you were expecting to see. And... Hopefully, since there was a lot of a good reception behind that, I feel that maybe we can see similar episodes like that or storylines where we do see the character break the fourth wall and then maybe stay in that realm for a bit just to give us the audience of, okay, yep, I hear you type of thing. Now, I did mention that there, what was also considered weak in the show by producing these characters were also what I think were what helped the show because even though this is the first season and if they had done something original, I don't think the show would have done as well as it did. And again, these are just weaknesses, but 
they also help connect the story. It's just you don't want to see it for something in the first season, maybe hoping for an original story, which I hope we get in a season two. But introducing characters like Wong, Matt Murdock slash Daredevil, Bruce Banner and the Hulk, and the Abomination. Like, these characters help cement She-Hulk in the universe. We could have got a different version, a different storyline, and not actually have these characters not have these characters in the series at all until like many seasons later. I mentioned them as being a weakness because they were, but I do understand that they were necessary to help progress the story. Segway. Now, here comes the part that I'm enjoying where I look on the interwebs looking and scouring for people who have also seen the show and give scratch that. What would my rating of the show would be? Now, seeing it from beginning to end, I would give this show a 3.5. Not quite a 4.0, just because it did weigh heavily on certain story elements, characters. But overall, I liked it. It's your standard Marvel show. Me being a fan of the comics and their series, I have very low standards. I, you know, am not no critique or have any accolades by my name. For me, you know, the show did well. 3.5. Way. Now, here comes the part that I like where I scour the interwebs of every dark corner looking for the juiciest of reviews by people who've also watched the series and who have an opinion. So, I'm going to read some review of the show on Letterboxd. So, here is a review by Allure. Not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Allure gave it Actually, his review states as this. These stars are for Tatiana and Charlie. 3.0 stars. That's it. And I would agree with that. These these actors, among other actors, deserve those stars in a series. So kudos to them. And here's another review from Hashtag 8. Not sure what the show was really about. I assumed it was going to be about illegal drama. Boy, was I wrong. When I saw the first kind of cut scene into a fight in the courtroom, I knew that this wasn't going to be a legal drama. She's green, she's mean, and she has a Tinder account? Not sure. Two and a half stars. I'm not sure... If they were confused about the show, the show didn't have, it was marketed very well, but brings me back to the beginning. The summary of the show really didn't give a lot to us, the viewers. So I can't understand. Some people might be confused or maybe they didn't see the show or they could have just stopped watching it. Who knows? So that pretty much does it for today's episode. I will go, I will I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye. That brings us to the end of this episode. 
You have just listened to the second emulation with Sean. Subscribe to our podcast on wherever you may listen to podcasts. Leave a rate and review. You can find the links to the socials in the episode description. Now we have a Discord channel where we can interact with listeners and set up watch parties. 